we acknowledge the Wajuk people and the wider Noongar community on whose country uh, we conduct our sazen and our ceremonies uh, tonight. May the Buddha uh, echo in our words and our chants and our sazen tonight. Jealousy, twas all of a jealousy, our hearts were broken, and angry words were spoken. Welcome <laughs> to uh, the green-eyed monster, uh, Jealousy. In its grip, we're prey to sickening fantasies and at the mercy of our worst fears, uh, even to paranoia. Welcome to the realm of jealousy where our reality feels gaslit as we sense that the other is unfaithful, uh, but we can't be sure. Uh, we sense that we are being lied to, but uh, we are not sure either. <coughs> One part of us deep part of us knows what's happening, uh, or at least seems to, but uh, can we trust our just gut instinct? Uh, being in jealousy can be like being gaslit. Sometimes it is being gaslit when the deceiving other sows seeds of doubt in us, making us question our own memory, perception or judgement. But we likewise do this to ourselves. Shakespeare, in that great tragedy of jealousy, Othello, uh, has uh, the villain, uh, Iago. Wonderful in the play, because the only character that speaks directly to the audience is Iago himself, who is completely corrupted and a total villain and totally destructive in the play. No one else speaks directly to the audience, which gives the play such a strange uh, feeling. Anyways, Iago says, <coughs> trifles light as air to the jealous, uh, are to the jealous, confirmation strong as proof of holy writ. So, you know, a, a handkerchief casually dropped in a chamber. Uh, as a trifle light as air, are to the jealous confirmation strong as proof of holy writ. Uh, the experience of jealousy, uh, I think, in our lives can start very young. They always feel passions like this feel immemorial, like we've always had them. I remember when I was five, my younger brother was born. Uh, that was after five years of me being cock of the roost, uh, five years of being loved exclusively. But when I acted up in the new and radically challenging situation of sharing the stage with an unwelcome baby, um, never good to perform with uh, children or animals, they will always steal the show. I remember my mother saying, He's jealous. And it was like being given a name, a new name. Jealous. 
it's interesting, sometimes we hear or read the name of an emotion before we actually get to experience it. Uh, I mean, I think with lesser known uh, emotions or maybe less common emotions uh, or more adult e emotions, um, we, um, we might get to read about it before we genuinely experience it for ourselves. And I'm thinking of remorse. Um, it's only later do when uh, we get to experience, oh, that's what remorse means. Um, but I think with jealousy, it's there from the beginning, at least in my own experience. And the name and the vulnerability arrive together. There's wonderful, uh, I, I struggle to sing, um, the wonderful lines in um, American Pie, which give the, a wonderful sense of adult, uh, sorry, of adolescent uh, jealousy, but through most delicate suggestion. Um, I might need some help. Uh, the words go, but I know that you're in love with him because I saw you dancing in the gym. You both kicked off your shoes. Man, I dig those rhythm and blues. I was a lonely teenage bronking buck with a pink carnation and a pickup truck. But I knew I was out of luck the day the music died. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 just the hint of jealousy that's in, in that. But I know that you're in love with him because I saw you dancing in the gym. You both kicked off your shoes. Man, I dig those rhythm and blues. You know, we talk a lot about not knowing in Zen. Um, and that's all very well. But when we're entrapped in jealousy, that special brew of not knowing can feed and fuel our worst fears. Uh, not knowing may be the way you know, not knowing is deeply associated with intimacy. When you are completely intimate with your circumstances, in a way, knowing drops out because you are not other than that. If you say you know, then you separate. So not knowing is not, is not a synonym for ignorance. Um, it's an expression of intimacy uh, itself. But the not knowing of jealousy can be undermining and utterly destructive. In jealousy, knowing may be best. Then you can close the account, change the locks, insist on the separation, arrange custody in your favour and institute divorce proceedings or whatever is necessary. Um, all of which may be surely better than the utter disempowerment that is jealousy. We talk of the green-eyed monster of jealousy and being green with envy. Despite the sickly green of both passions, um, passions are wonderfully associated with colour, red with rage, white with fury, um, blue with cold, and, well, just blue. I'm blue. Uh, and not forgetting purple with indignation. There's a wonderful colour range. Um, although we use green for jealousy and envy, uh, we can actually distinguish, um, you know, most of the time between those two passions. Uh, 
Envy arises when we feel that we lack another superior quality, achievement or possession, which we desire, or at least we wish that the other can have. Envy can be mixed with admiration and the wish to emulate another. Uh, envy can be a spur in that, that sense. Uh, jokingly, my son says, Envy, Dad, that's all that gets me out of bed in the morning. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, envy can be devastating, but can have a lighter side. Bertrand Russell said that envy was one of the most potent causes of unhappiness. Not only is the envious person rendered unhappy, even helpless by their envy, but that person may also wish to inflict misfortune on others or reduce their status. There's a wonderful, uh, most uh, friend psycho psychotherapist, Jan Resnick, um, describes the acne of envy. What's the best example therapeutically known? And he tells this, uh, he says, you're in therapy. You gain an insight into yourself from your work with your therapist, but you don't tell him. Why? Well, you want to deny him the... The, the privilege, sorry, the, you want to deny him the pleasure of a therapeutic success. Um, that's, a, that's a therapist's view of, uh, of envy tightened like a string to the highest pitch. But, uh, you can't even acknowledge that you have been helped because yeah. you're envious. Jealousy occurs when something you already think you possess often a relationship is threatened by another person. It's a mixture of fear, insecurity, betrayal, helplessness, resentment and rage at the thought of losing a special relationship or status to a third party or being replaced by someone else. Jealousy most often involves three parties, envy, or kind of most often two, if you Jealousy most often involves three parties, the eternal triangle, where at least one party is terrified of being abandoned. The idea of abandonment it seems to start young. My granddaughter sings a song which she made up herself and the key line or the chorus line is, Why have you abandoned me? Why have you abandoned me? Envy and jealousy uh, often occur together, and that's why many confuse the two uh, and use them interchangeably. In envy and jealousy, we give such power to the other, to another. Uh, in the grip of both passions, we feel such powerlessness. With jealousy, because we cannot control outside circumstances, she's leaving to go with him anyway or with envy to control our completely irrational feelings. Even if our rival were to fail utterly, we would still envy him or her. Uh, a great writer of maxims, uh, La Rochefoucauld, lived in the 17th century in France. Um, 
a period of the Ancien Regime which is described as um, despotism with flashes of brilliant um, epigrams, which these are. His epigram, our envy always lasts longer than the happiness of those we envy. People often are often vain of their passions, even of the worst of them, but envy is a passion so timid and shamefaced that no one uh, ever dare admit to her. So, In the Western philosophical canon, canon uh, we tend to uh, the, the tendency is to oppose passion and reason, with reason being the shaping, controlling force amidst the chaos of the passions. In the Phaedrus, Plato paints the picture of a charioteer, who represents uh, intellect and reason, driving a chariot pulled by two winged horses. The charioteer represents intellect, reason, or the part of the soul that must guide the soul to truth. One horse represents rational or moral impulse, or the positive part of passionate nature. For example, righteous indignation. Um, uh, the kind of righteous indignation that would drive you to... to take action on behalf of uh, what is happening in terms of climate change, for instance. The other horse represents the soul's irrational passions, appetites, uh, sexual desire, uh, lust, and the rest. In Plato's uh, image, the charioteer directs the entire um, business, trying to stop the horses from going in different ways and to proceed towards enlightenment. One of the horses, it's really interesting that the, uh, one of those horses is uh, the moral impulse, the positive part of passionate nature. Um, and the passions also have their reason. It's, it's crude to just think of the passions as chaos. Um, uh, Envy may encourage us to get off our butts and develop our talents. Uh, and in a way, jealousy can protect relationships. I mean, jealousy can destroy them, but it can also protect them. Um, the passions are surely creative energies, um, for from them we cultivate connections with others, sanghas, uh, friendship groups, families, create art and the rest. So within a relationship, jealousy can set limits and insist on boundaries. We can all be made jealous, so respect for each other consists in not evoking jealousy in each other. Um, I mean, this has different meanings in different relationships, but in my experience, not dwelling on former relationships or flirting in public, anything which makes our partner jealous is, is good to... Avoid. It protects the relationship. 
I love the sense of jealous that which we don't often hear, but that we jealously guard something. Um, we jealously guard our relationship, uh, not leaking it uh, to the world. So jealously guarding what you have. Um, we use expressions like she jealously guards her privacy. He jealously guards his treasure. Uh, when I was teaching piano, I noticed on occasion that I was tempted to withhold skills or information from gifted students. It's all about the fear of being surpassed by uh, your, your, your student. But finally, I never did withhold. Because um, it's, un it's unconscionable to do that. Uh, uh, good teaching is handing it all over. And there are wonderful stories from the beginning of the blues and jazz of uh, trumpeters in particular. I think this is a trumpeter thing. The trumpeters would play uh, the clubs, but they would have a cloth over their hands so that no one could see how they were producing the effects that they, they were creating, you know, which were pretty wild. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah so. I mean, I guess the rationale is I've spent 100 hours practicing this. I'm not going to give it straight off to you. Um, so, you know, this is kind of jealously guarding that is to be avoided, surely. Uh, the poet, uh, Andrew Burke, says, I don't see myself as an important, isolated poet, but someone in a lo long line of handing on the flame to others. Good teaching is the act of handing it all on. Um, seeing our students flourish it's wonderful to see your student flourish and it's nothing, finally it's nothing to do with us you know, I mean, in, in a very real sense um, and the joy of that is imperishable and one of the deepest joys of, the, of life a jealousy in Zen Ian Sweetman used to say, Sangha relations become compete. Um, uh, this, uh, yeah, it's, you know, we gather here uh, as Sangha, and I think in their own way the complexities of relationship unfold here, even in silence, if you will, you know, sitting together. But certainly working together brings that out. There's a whole tradition, you know, the story, story of Divadatta uh, in Buddhist, early Buddhist story. The early texts depict the elderly Buddha as suffering from back pain. Several texts depict him delegating teachings to his chief disciples since his body now needed more rest. However, the Buddha continued teaching well into his old age. One of the most troubling events during the Buddha's old age was Divadatta, uh, schism. Early sources speak of how the Buddha's cousin, Divadatta, attempted to take over leadership of the order and left the Sangha with several Buddhist monks and formed a rival sect. The Pali texts also depict Divadatta as plotting to kill the Buddha, but those plans all failed. Don't tell me that this isn't a story blood-soaked in jealousy and envy. 
So, you know, our traditions, of course it's there uh, from the beginning. Sangha is a testing ground for us all, and in time, uh, obnoxious traits may tend to show up, our more appealing ones having mostly shown up earlier. <coughs> in Zen, and this may be hard to accept, the passions are also our true face and our true home, not less than the sound of the bell or birdsong or the rising smoke of incense. When you are lost and separated, the way is secure. And not because it's separate, separate from our lostness and separation either. It is also that. Dogen in the Genjo Khan writes, those who have great realisation of delusion are Buddhas. So please sit comfortably if you're not already sitting comfortably. Um, those who have great realisation of delusion are Buddhas. Those who are greatly deluded about realisation are sentient beings. Having great realisation of delusion is realising that delusion itself is also uh, it. Um, yeah, it's not separate. Uh, from your practice. It's not separate from realisation. This relates to a matter of a central theme of traditional Buddhism is that in order to get enlightened we must cut off the passions. However, that isn't the Zen way. Uh, here's an exchange between the old teacher Chao Cho and a monk that makes this clear. Buddhahood here is to be understood as enlightenment. Chao Cho said, passion is Buddhahood, Buddhahood is passion. A monk asked, how do we get rid of the passions? Chao Cho replied, why get rid of the passions? Why indeed? Uh, the passions, including jealousy, are a part of who we truly are no less than blood, bone, breath, earth and sky. The passions are expressive of the way and indeed not other than it. In terms of living the way, we neither cut off the passions nor indulge them. We are just there for them as them. You are not separate from what you desire. It's a wonderful expression for practising in the world and practising with the passions. Uh, lotus in the midst of fire. We awaken in the midst of the passions and the suffering of the world. Uh, the expression lotus in the midst of fire refers to something which is very rare. Uh, it may be very rare, uh, but it is very real at the same time. And we awaken in the midst of the passions, uh, in the midst of the world. Where else could we awaken? Passions such as jealousy and more generally um, 
are like constellations that include a variety of stars, which is to say they enclose a variety of feelings and emotions, among them fear, outrage, humiliation, suspicion. So in terms of awareness, it's difficult to include the passion whole, you know, as, as practice, if you will. So how do you work with jealousy if you don't want to be caught up in its coils? Sometimes just very simply acknowledging what is happening. Uh, feeling jealous. Uh, feeling jealous. Uh, simple acknowledgement. Uh, simple naming helps. It's got the advantage of being deadly simple. Uh, mostly we just want to move off from the painful feelings that jealousy evokes. Practice helps, and in this regard I speak for the transformative power of the Koan path. I speak for true realisation and its deepening through further Koan work. Look, that, that path, you know, we can do all kinds of fix-it things, and sometimes fix-it things work and they're good. But in terms of realisation and its deepening through Koans, it goes on out of reach of our wishing and our willing and our fix-it impulses. So change happens, which is not being, in a sense, imposed from above and imposed intellectually on our practice. You know, like, you practice deeply. Uh, you, you open to what is beyond skin and skull. And gradually, through kind work, you learn to live that at more and more depths. And that doesn't mean that you don't feel jealous. I think all the emotions are there. But they are in a larger, uh, a much larger space. They are less confined by them. Yeah, if you will, they are shot through with, with the world, with rain, with traffic other people who uh, we sit with. Yeah. Um. Yeah, developing a sense of humour, uh, or having a sense of humour and uh, is also very helpful. It's great, uh, Australian culture is good, good for that. It encourages, I think, not to take ourselves too seriously. And that is very helpful too. Uh, no one is proof against jealousy. Uh, and we would never trust someone who claimed to be. We are rightly uncomfortable around people who, have cl who claim to have mastered the passions. So when jealousy comes calling, how would you deal with it? What is your way with jealousy? And what is its way with you? Thank you for your attention.